Amen. Thank you. Praise team for the good worship this morning. I'll tell you some of them songs, some of my favorites, that the goodness of God, where we would we be without that? And the promise that there ain't no grave going to hold us down. We have eternal life. That means it lasts. It doesn't quit. And I want to talk to us this morning, though, about something that many people shun and get uncomfortable with. But I want to talk to us. Do you really believe that there ain't no grave going to hold you down? I hope you do, because someone in this room is next. I was at my aunt's, my last living aunt, on my daddy's side a little over a month and a half ago, in my hometown, in my home church, with lots of family I hadn't seen in a long time. And mom had said on the way down there, she went with me and Diane, you know, me and Dot were the last two on your daddy's side. Now Dot's gone, I'm the last one. And we went there and I preached my aunt's funeral. And while I was sitting there in the midst of all my family and friends, God put that on my mind as I was meeting them and looking at them. Someone's next. Today in this room, as I look at you, someone in this room is next. Next for what? You're going to die. Yet we live our lives as if that's not going to happen. When it is a 100% guarantee that everyone in here will die. And it doesn't mean that you're going to die older or younger. You can look at some of us and logically, and if you want to play the odds of probability, there's some that are older that looks like they're probably going to die quicker than some of us in here who are younger. But the truth of the matter is any of us can die at any time. And we all will one day die. The Bible is clear. The Bible speaks. I went to a funeral Friday. I went to a funeral yesterday. I'm going to a funeral tomorrow. And at every one of those funerals now, I hope I haven't cursed you what God blessed me with, but I'm sitting in that funeral as a preacher and I'm looking around. And yesterday, brother, Robert, kept coming to my mind again. Someone's next. One of us is going to be in a funeral before very long. And you may say, well, I just don't like this kind of preaching. Well, the reason the good news is so good, because the reality of our situation is that bad. And I want you to think about this. You say, why is that? I thought we just sang about the love of God, the faithfulness of God. Well, the Bible says that in the beginning, in a place called the garden, that there was no death, that everything was perfect in a place called paradise. But it says, now the serpent was the devil, was cunning. This is in Genesis 3.1. Then any other beast of the field, which the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, No, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And the devil said, hmm. Will you surely die? Did the Lord really say that? And we know the story. The woman, seeing that the tree was good for food, took and ate and gave some to her husband Adam, and he ate. What was the result of that? According to Romans chapter 5, verse 12, 
The Apostle Paul says, Therefore, just as through one man, Adam, sin entered the world, and death entered through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all men sin. Friends, everyone in here is going to die, not from cancer, not from COVID, not from a heart attack. You're going to die from sin. And there's not a person in this room who doesn't sin because there's not a person in here who won't die. So I know that's true. And guys, God loved us so much, the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, that he did make a way. He sent Jesus. If you've got your Bible open with me, the book of Hebrews chapter 2, I want to read something to you. Not only did he give us victory to where there ain't no grave going to hold us down, he wants you not to live in fear of death in fear of the grave. Friends, there's people that are scared of death. When you're riding down the interstate and you see somebody in a car, I'm not belittling this, but they're by themselves in their car going down in an enclosed car with a mask on, that person is scared of death. (laughs) He's not scared of COVID. And I'm not saying we should be fools. You should watch your health. You should try to do whatever you don't. But one day you're going to get sick and you're not going to get well. You're going to die. You say, why do you believe that, Brother Marvin? Because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die. Hebrews 9.27 says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You see, it says it is appointed. There's an appointment for men to die once. But that's not the end. After that, there's the judgment. You see, death is not a conclusion of life. Death is the transition of life. You're going to leave here one day through death. Life as we know it will end, and it will transition. And death here is temporal. I mean life. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 14, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow For you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then it vanishes away like a puff of smoke. You say, well, we live longer than a puff of smoke. Well, compared to eternity, how long is 70 or 80 years? It's a puff of smoke. Psalmist says in 90, Psalm 90 verse 10, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. How quickly is 70 years? My mama just told me yesterday, I power washed their house this week and I helped them move all their stuff. They had moved a lot of it. When I got there, any of us that's been living for a long time in America got a lot of junk. They had it all around their house and so I helped them move what was left. And when it got through, I said, let me move that back for you, mama. No, we'll get it. We don't want to do it till it dries up. Took them two days to move all their stuff back, and they're about dying. She told me just yesterday, last night, she said, man, what happened to me? It seems like just the other day I was 60, and I'm 78, and I can't even put my stuff back around my house. It took me two days, and about that passed out. <laughs> you know, if we're honest, we realize that time here is short. And it's going to end... One day, unless Jesus comes back through death. But I want you to see what the Bible says that God wants us to know. He loved us so much that he sent Jesus, who became flesh, just like us, became man. And it says in verse 14, if you don't have a Bible, listen good, in Hebrews. 
Inasmuch then as the children had partaken of flesh and blood, that's us, this, this flesh that's passing away like the grass, it withers and it's here one day and gone the next. Then Jesus himself likewise shared in the same. See, Jesus became man. He became flesh just like us. Why? That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release I like that. Release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Some translation says slavery. For indeed, he, Jesus, does not give aid to the angels. The angels don't die, but the angels did not get redemption. Half of them are demons and they're cast out forever. But he did provide for us aid. Abraham's seed. I want you to look at this, what it says right quick. And as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise shared in the same. And through death, death what? Death on a cross. Jesus went to the cross for me and you to die for our sins. He died a perfect, sinless, spotless, the Lamb of God. And he took on all of our sins in his flesh and he physically died for me and you, and he was buried in a grave, just like we just sang about. But if you want to show if he has power over death, Jesus numerous times told them, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. Jesus said, you're looking for a sign? Your sinful, unbelieving generation talking to his people, the the Jews? He said, the only sign you're going to get is Jonah and the fish. And just as Jonah was three days in the fish and was come out, he said, the Son of Man is going to be three days in the heart of earth. But on the third day, he will rise again. How did God defeat death? With death. (laughs) He let his son die. But he didn't stay dead. Amen? He rose from the grave. On Friday, hell was celebrating... Hell thought they had won, but there's an old good old sermon you can listen to. Look it up one day, but Sunday's coming, amen? But come Sunday, he come out of that grave. He walked out. And if he walked out, we walking out too. Can I get an amen? And I don't know about you, but do you believe that today? Because God has made a lot of effort, and God has done a lot to send his son, to record it in the Gospels, to show us that we might have the faith we might have the blessing of knowing that not only do we have forgiveness of our sin, but we have an eternal life that is given to us that will never perish, and that we don't live in fear. And friends, listen, there's a lot of things you should fear. I'm not saying you should live as if if COVID doesn't exist, but if COVID keeps you in a constant state of uncertainty and a constant weariness and lack of peace, then where's your faith in Jesus? You know, you're going to one day get the news that you're sick. And you're going to get the news that you're going to die. And it's an unbelievable difference as a pastor when you minister to people who have known Jesus, who have trusted Jesus, have walked with Jesus all their life, and been faithful to him. They did the things Jesus said to do, and as they trusted Jesus to obey him and walk with him, they read the Bible, they prayed. 
They lived the life to follow him, and he gave them grace and supernatural help. And through the Holy Spirit that lived within them and the truth of God's word that spoke to them, they have journeyed with him. And along the way, God has shown what we sing about today. He's shown that you can trust in the goodness of God. He'll be with you all the days of your life. And he has shown them that. There's a big difference in that person when the grave is coming. They have that belief. You see, this is something possible to have today. It's what happens when you get saved, when you get born again. Look at what he says right there. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. The devil wants to use death to torment us, to keep us in fear. But look at what it says. Jesus came, verse 15, to release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, I'm not here to belittle death. Death is the worst thing that we deal with. Death is my least favorite thing to have to work with in the ministry. But it's the only reason we're in business, if we're honest. And friends, you know, you think about this. (laughs) There's a good chance if I stay here long enough that what we're fixing to look at is not going to be a certain man. It's going to be you. (laughs) And if you got your Bible this morning, I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 7. And we're going to look at something that I want you to see. How many of you have been to a funeral lately? And how many of you have been to one when it was unexpected? When it was one that was a hard one to deal with? Well, you know, we look at one here, and this one here had to be unexpected, and it had to be something that was terribly hard to deal with. It's a widow woman who's already a widow, lost her husband, and she's just recently lost her only son. And Jesus shows up. And as Jesus shows up, I want you to see that today Jesus had at this time power over death. And we tend to read this sometimes and we just read it as if it's just a good biblical story It's just a myth, or it's not something that really happened. But there was a lady in a city called Nain, just like there's a town here today called Bethany, who lost her husband, who one day lost her only son. And she was on the way to the graveyard with this boy, and she had people just like us, some of his friends probably, were carrying his casket. And as they went, there was a great crowd And as that great crowd was walking with him, Jesus showed up. And I want you to see, Jesus will mess up a good funeral. (laughs) And if Jesus showed up at a funeral today and did this, put that in your mind today. If you sat at a funeral lately and looked at the friend that you were telling goodbye, or looked at that family who was weeping and hurting and thought, man, this was so unnecessary. He was so young. He could have lived. But I want you to see that Jesus showed up. I want you to know that he has power over death. Look at what it says. Now it happened the day in verse 11, verse chapter 7, after that Jesus went into the city called Nain and many of his disciples went with him in a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out. One day 
You might not want to believe this today, but that dead man being carried out is going to be you. I might be next. Some of you say, oh no, that would be so bad if the preacher was next. I hope you would think that was bad. But let me tell you what can be worse than me being next. You could be next. And one day, we're going to have a funeral here. And some of you is going to be the guest of honor. And we're going to bring you here, and you've been there before. We're going to sit you out, and everyone's going to come, or we're going to do it at a funeral home, and everyone's going to come, and they're going to look at you, and they're going to talk about you, and everyone's going to say nicest things they can think of about you. (laughs) And I can promise you as the preacher, when we get there and it's time for us to speak, I'm going to talk about Jesus as much as possible, use it as an opportunity to share the gospel, and I'm also going to do my best to celebrate the life that Christ gave you and to thank God for it. We're going to come back here after we bring you and bury you and We're going to have chicken that's catered in and everybody else is going to bring a Baptist dish and we're going to sit down and we're going to eat and we're going to talk about you and think about you and we're going to love on your family, but you're not going to be here. And my question today is when that appointment day comes, are you prepared? Are you ready? Because it's coming, ain't it, Brother Robert? Just the other day we buried Robert's father in less than a month we buried his best friend brother philip yesterday you see god doesn't always do things the way we would think he does here's this lady she just lost her husband couldn't have got at least not took her son but her son is dying and the bible says when he came near the gate of the city behold a dead man was being carried the only son of his mother and she was a widow And a large crowd from the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. Friends, it's not that the Lord lacks compassion, but that death is as real as birth. And look at what he says. He told her, do not weep. How do you not weep at a funeral? And then he came and he touched the open coffin. And those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. Now I want you right then, that would mess up a good funeral. Because that wouldn't be in the order of service. Believe me, I've been given by funeral homes many a pastor's packet, it's called. It's the order of service that the family and the funeral home and the minister has put together. And y'all know how the order of service goes. They had them then just like we got them now. They were on their way to the graveyard to bury this boy, and his friends and some of his relatives was carrying him, the pole bearer. And guys, all of a sudden, Jesus showed up. Now guys, they had heard of Jesus. Jesus has been doing some stuff. He's been doing miracles. But I want to tell you something. Now he's fixing to do something. He's not just going to make a blind man see. He's not just going to make a lame man walk. He's not just going to help a leper be healed. Jesus fixed to take someone already dead, already in the casket, already being carried in the cemetery, to the cemetery during the very funeral and he's going to walk up to him and touch him and he's going to tell him, rise. Man, when this next thing happened, the biggest understatement of all is at the end of this thing when he stands up and talks, it says that fear came over all. (laughs) We read this, we don't think about it. Do you understand that this guy was dead, double dead on his way to the grave? 
Jesus was at the funeral. You talk about mess up a funeral, I, I, I would guarantee you that 99.9% of all average Baptists that was a pole bearer would have passed out, possibly died himself, and they'd had to put him in the casket after this happened. Because their friend, their loved one, they're carrying him, they're taking him to the grave. Jesus touched him and says, rise, young man. And he stands up and he begins to talk. Look, that's what it says, I'm telling you. That's what Jesus did. That ought to make us say something this morning. Death is bad, death is powerful, but it ain't nothing compared to the Son of the living God. Death will make you weep, but the resurrection will make you joyful in the glory of God after that death. Yes, we're going to die, but we're going to live forever with Jesus. And if he could do this, he can do what he's going to do for each one of us one day. Look at what happens here. This blows my mind. And when he came near the gate, the dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And when the Lord saw her, he said with compassion on her, Do not weep. Then he came and he touched the open coffin and those who were carrying him stood still. I bet they were like, this guy's crazy. Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up, began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Man, he messed up a funeral, amen. If you think that's bad, I'm thinking about the funeral home. I bet the funeral home didn't know what to do because guess what? They got a coffin that they can't bury. And you know how much one of them things cost? And, and I'm just sitting here thinking the family's probably, the mama's like, and if you was this family and Jesus done showed up, think of the disruption it would be for someone to be raised from the dead. And, and so this young boy gets up out of the coffin, and you know today I could just imagine someone saying, hey, you know what, um, since we ain't going to need this thing, can we get our money back? And I know you dug the hole, but... We ain't got nobody to bury. Are you still going to charge us full price? And I mean, we'll pay you for what we did. He was only in it for one night and half a day. How much does that cost? Jesus complicates things. And friends, listen, this was a serious thing. Can you imagine it went everywhere? Nowhere do you ever hear people refuting that Jesus didn't raise the dead. They just argue about who he was. Even Josephus, a recognized, accepted Jewish historian in the book of Josephus, a history book, not the Bible, says that Jesus raised people from the dead in Jewish secular history. And friends, listen, he didn't only raise this guy from the dead. He raised a young woman, girl from the dead. He raised a man named Lazarus from the dead. He raised quite a few people from the dead. I don't know about you, but if I read this and he done this, I believe he messed up that funeral, he's going to mess up some more. Amen. Because listen, our funeral doesn't end at the graveyard. Look at what he goes on and says right there. Young man, I say to you, arise. So he was dead, sat up, and he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all. And they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. And this report, look at verse 17, about Jesus went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding regions. Why did God let that happen? Now I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 11, right quick. And I want to show you. Because I want to show you what you need to believe for that to be 
true in your life that the grave doesn't have power over you. This story here is really the one I wanted to preach. In the chapter 11 of the book of John, when you get there with me, say amen. The Bible starts out, and it's just like I was telling you, someone's next. Now, a certain man was sick. One day, that certain man will be us. You'll be sick. His name was Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And friends, the Bible says that therefore the sisters, in verse 3, sent to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. They did just what we do. Someone gets sick, we call to Jesus. We say, Lord, we know you love us. But guys, listen, God's love for us has nothing to do with the fact that we're still one day going to get sick. We're still going to one day get sick and not get well. Look at what it says. And when Jesus heard in verse 4, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And then he heard that he was sick. He stayed two more days in the place where he was. Why? Because he's wanting us to be able to see what he can do. He's going to let him die so that he can show us that he can help him live. And friends, as we see here, he's with his disciples and Jesus has been told by Mary and Martha in their home with their brother Lazarus. And then Jesus tells them that we're going to Judea, we're going to Lazarus' house. And he says, and we're going there, and I'm going to wake him up. And finally they said, well, if he's asleep, he'll wake up. But look what the Lord says in verse 14. And Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. One day someone's going to say plainly in an obituary, you're dead, I'm dead. <laughs> we're going to die. You know, a funeral is a, 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 a thing that a lot of us don't like to think about. Most of us like weddings more than funerals. But you know, I was reading about this and studying, and I come up on a guy, kind of cracked me up, I can't help but to tell you this. Do you know the difference between a funeral and a wedding? At weddings, old people, old people scare young people and say, you better watch out, you might be next. At funerals, young people scare old people and say, you better watch out, you might be next. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. You know, you're going to die anyway, you might as well laugh. And friends, that is kind of true. You know, I've been asked all morning, why are you wearing a suit, preacher? And I never wore suits very much. And when Brother, um, our last minister of music was here, he always wore a suit. And he asked me one day, preacher, do you even have a suit? I said, I got a whole closet full of suits. He says, well, where, what, what are you, what are your, why don't you ever wear them? Where are they at? I said, they're at home waiting on somebody to die. <laughs> the last time I wore this suit was at a funeral. Today, there's a bunch of people looked at me, you know. I'm not going to be buried in a suit. Some people may want to. This is burying clothes. But you know, funerals are part of the death experience. But guys, this time the funeral's over with. Four days he's been in the grave. Now they're going back to the grave site. Have you ever went back to the grave site and stood over a loved one and realized how powerless and how final that is? 
And here they are, they're weeping, all their friends are there. Jesus finally shows up. And Martha, the oldest sister, hears that he's coming. She runs to Jesus and she says, just what we would have said. Jesus, if you'd only been here, my brother wouldn't have had to die. And Jesus looked at her. And he said, if you'll only believe, your brother will rise again. And this is what I preach for to get to this part right here. Because one day we're going to get sick like Lazarus. One day God's not going to come and heal us of our sickness. And he's going to let you die. But you don't have to stay dead. Because listen what he says, Jesus. He answers Martha in a way I don't think anybody would expect. And as she comes running to him, it says in verse 21, Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd have been there, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha says to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. That's the day of judgment. Remember, we've been appointed a day to die and then the judgment. In verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And guys, there's a lot of things you might believe about Jesus. There's a lot of things you might believe Jesus can do. But this right here is the most important question you'll ever answer in your heart. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me and lives, though he die, he will live. Friends, I don't know about you, but there is a big difference between people who believe that and people who don't believe that. There's a difference in how they react and what they trust and what they believe and how they deal with death. And she looks at him and says, I do believe. And it says right there in verse 27, Then she says to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And you know what? When you say you believe that, Jesus will test you. So you know what he did? He told her, he says, where do you have him laid? And she had faith that that's who Jesus was. She believed what Jesus said. But Jesus said, if you really believe it, let's go to him. And he said, roll away the stone. Y'all know the story. And she said, Lord, by now there's a stench. He's been in there four days. And he said, did I not only tell you if you'll only believe you will see the glory of God? You know what she said? Move the stone. They're all standing there, all those Jews that didn't believe he was Messiah, that didn't believe he was the Son of God. They're all there. And Jesus called out into a grave and said, Lazarus, come forth. And you know what he says when you look at it? He said, Father, I thank you. He prayed first. He said, I thank you that you always hear me. And I ask this now, not for me, but for them, so that they will believe that I am he that you have sent. Go read it. That's exactly what he said. He's doing this not to show off. He's doing that so that you will be able to know that he has power over death in the grave. And friends, what happened? Lazarus came out. What did he say? Loose him. I like that. Loose him. Take the grave clothes off of him. And he raised Lazarus from the dead. 
Now, that's an amazing story. Those are, and they're documented in the Gospels. I don't know if you believe them, but I have taken it to just believe it with all my heart as best I can. But guys, more than that, they got angry. And from that day on, they determined that they were going to kill Jesus because everyone was believing in him. And then we know what happened. He was betrayed. He was brought before Pilate. He was falsely accused. He was condemned. He was crucified in the worst death you could ever do to anybody. They crucified him on a cross. And Jesus died, not only physically, but he died for our sins. He was taken down off that cross. He was put in a grave. And guys, when he took him out, everything you can study says that he would already had been beaten beyond recognition. He was not just put on the cross, but he was whipped. He was done everything you could humanly do to destroy his body. He was laid in that grave. And three days later, when they came back, that's why I asked you, I want you to play this song, Ain't No Grave Gonna Hold Me Down. The stone was rolled away. That stone wasn't rolled away for him to get out. That stone was rolled away for us to get in. (laughs) And when they came back down there, the women, they had came believing he was dead. They came with the stuff to end the funeral, to finish what they usually do, the traditional thing was to cover his body with the spices and prepare it for his final burial. But when they got there, there was an angel sitting there and said, why do you seek him who is not here for he is risen? Jesus was gone. She went back and told the man. Now we hear this and we hear this. And the man came and Peter ran and John ran and when they looked in there, they ran in and the grave cloth was gone and the napkin that would have been over his face It wasn't just thrown aside like the grave cloth. It was folded. You know what I think happened? I think Sunday morning when the father woke him up, Jesus, who was dead, friend, crucified, he took that napkin, he folded it up, he sat up, and he walked out of that grave. And you know, when you hear a version of that song, part of that song that you hear, we didn't do, that girl that wrote that song, she says, if he walked out of that grave, I'm going to walk into if he walked out of that grave, I'm going to walk into. I don't know about you, but one day I'm going to be put in a grave. And you might want to be crucified. I don't. I want to be buried. Because when that day comes and they all blow the trumpet and the dead in Christ rise, I want to kick that thing open. Amen. I want to come on out. And friends, one day there's going to be a great, unbelievable day of glory in every cemetery. We've all been to some cemeteries and we've left sad broken we've left friends and loved ones one day they'll leave you it's a place where there's been mourning and brokenness and sorrow a place where you look at and you think of the brokenness of how frail and how weak we really are is shown but one day we're going to see how powerful and how glorious god is can you imagine what it's going to be like when god blows that trumpet and the angel shouts like an archangel, and the dead in Christ rise. Friend, that cemetery is going to be a place of victory. And listen to what the Bible says. Jesus has taken the sting out of death. <laughs> For the lost person without hope, who's ignorant, who doesn't understand, 
Yes, he's afraid. Yes, he's fearful. He doesn't know. But the Bible says, oh, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thank be to God who gives us our victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, what's that victory look like? I'm going to read you one more place, and we're going to close. I'm not going to preach it. I'm just going to close out. This is my favorite place to use in the Scriptures at a graveside service. And this is what God tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 concerning those who have died, those who have went to the grave. He said, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, those who have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. And listen to what he says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, do you believe that this morning? Even so, God will bring with him those who are dead who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, not by a preacher, not by a denomination, but by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep already dead in the grave. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will ride first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. And you know what he says? Therefore comfort them with these words. What do you say to a man who's dying? You tell him Jesus died for you so that you can live forever with him. What do you say to someone who's lost a loved one? You say there's a day coming when we'll all one day experience what God has prepared. Friends, I wish I could tell you that COVID's going to go away, that cancer one day is going to be fixed, but if they do, get a vaccine and it works and no one ever gets sick again from COVID, you're going to get sick from something else. If they find the cure for cancer, you're going to get sick from something else and die. If you don't get a heart attack and die, you'll get something one day and die. Let me tell you what the cure of death is. It's the good news that Jesus died on the cross for you, gave his life for you, and now he lives for you and he'll save you this morning. You see, your sin is what you're going to die from. And how did he take care of his sin? He took your sin on the cross, took your payment. He was condemned. By his stripes, we are healed. (laughs) And today, he will save anybody in this room who's not ready for when that day comes because there is someone in here today who's next. That's as real as it gets. But guess what? Even though with that reality, we don't live in fear because as Christians, we have victory through Christ. Today, I'm preaching for the lost man, for the unsure man, for the man who don't know really where he's going to go. I believe with certainty, 100%, that if you're right with God and you truly trust in him, he's not going to let the devil torment you because he said he died to take away the power of the devil where he can't torment us. He's going to give you peace. No one's looking forward to dying, but ain't nobody afraid of it if you know Jesus. And friends, today, I want to ask you, are you prepared for eternity? Do you know for sure? Because as a preacher, everywhere I go, there's people dying. 
There's people that have died. And all I have to offer you is that Jesus died for you so that you can live if you'll trust him. I'm going to ask you just a simple thing. If you don't know today, say, I'm coming to know. I'm going to accept Jesus as my Savior. And I want to tell you something. He'll put the devil on the run, amen? Because we don't have to live in fear. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds our tomorrow. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. And he's here today, and he'll save you. And he'll be with you, even through sickness, even unto death. And when you wake up, the first thing you'll see is Jesus. That's a wonderful thing, amen? Would you stand with me this morning as we pray? Father in heaven, today I just pray that as we sang, ain't no grave going to hold me down. We thank you for the goodness of God, his faithfulness, that through Jesus, through his sacrificial death on the cross, there's nobody here that could not and will not be saved if they only trust you. And Lord, I just have to believe in a room this big, there's someone here who's never, ever truly done business with you. That today, if they was to die, they would wake up lost, in an eternity without you, separated in the place prepared for those who die without salvation. But Lord, I thank you that today, everybody in this room, if he'd just be willing to trust you, put his hope in you, that no matter what we face tomorrow, even death has no sting, that we have victory. Lord, I pray today that if there's a person here in this room who needs to be saved, that today we need to have their salvation that you'd help them, Lord, to make that and take care of it.